You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. I will be winning or learn, and today we learn. Adacha, Austin, shot at Isabel. It's infield to Mare, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Blue foul shot. Oh, my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And finally, football is back. Saints are back in action. And in many ways, it was like we never left. The road form continues, a little bit of a slow start, but once things got going, of course, it was an easy-looking-ish 3-0 victory. Um, And just like the Premier League getting back underway this week, we had a couple of technical issues. Uh, You're going to have a little bit of differentiation between the natural and enhanced sound this week because you're going to get the natural sounds of uh, things going on in the house, but that is um, okay because at the end of the day, Uh, Although I prefer natural, enhanced work sometimes. On this week's show, we have Benny Holly, who is on Twitter at Italian Saint, and he's the author of the Saints FC blog. Um, And that's actually what kind of got me interested in getting him on the show is is reading his writing, uh, getting his take. And so he lives in Italy. We'll talk about how he became a Saints fan and all of that uh, over the course of the interview. And then we'll get to the actual Saints game, which, of course, I think we will all, uh, you know, we're all feeling pretty good about. I think we're all probably feeling all right about playing Arsenal on Thursday. So um, just keep our fingers crossed that everything seems to be going um, the way that Arsenal go at this point in in the season. So um, thank you once again for joining the show. I am really excited uh, to have the Premier League back, to have Saints back. And I, I only can hope that you were all well and, and that if you you know were celebrating Father's Day um, earlier this week, or last weekend, I should say, uh, I hope that you had a good day. I had the wonderful opportunity to catch up with uh, one of the patrons of the show, Dave Lee from Bakersfield. So uh, Dave, it's a pleasure to see you in person uh, again, uh, although we can't go see the uh, the USL team we normally see because they don't exist anymore. But anyway, that's that's a different story. Uh, let's get to the show this week. Uh, Benny Holly at Italian Saint. Uh, links in the show notes to all of the uh, Twitter account, the blog and everything else. And uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. So we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Benny Holly. He is an Italian Saints fan living in the north of Italy, uh, but has supported Saints for uh, quite some time. Has a blog called the Saints FC blog. You can find him on Twitter at Italian Saint. And links to all those things are in the show notes, so uh, you should go give him a follow. And uh, Benny, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking some time to uh, to join me. And thank you for putting up with the uh, the delay here this morning. I, I really appreciate it. Hello, Mark. Uh, it's a pleasure to... That you invited me to your podcast, I'm really happy to join you. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. I, it's it's my pleasure to talk to to fans from all over the world, and 
um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in everything from, uh, you know, how you became a Saints fan and all that stuff. But I mean, we also have a win to talk about and it's the first time that, you know, Saints have played in, in three months. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a while since we got to actually watch, um, Southampton play. But, um, before we get to any of that, let's, let's talk about you real quick. Um, so just first off, like, how are you? You live in the North of Italy. It was fairly hard hit by the, the coronavirus and the lockdown and, and uh, just how are things in Italy right now? Most things are slowly getting back to normality. Not all of the things, but uh, uh, it's lo- the government uh, is slowly opening things like shops, bars and restaurants uh, one step at a time. Uh, Milan, uh, which, is clo- which is not that far from where I live, was hit very hard by the coronavirus. But uh, here... I'm happy that uh, things uh, are safer. Yeah, yeah. Do you live in like a, a, a small town or do you live in the, a fairly large city? No, no, I live in a small, in a small town. It's called Bassano del Grappa. It's uh, next, it's near to Vicenza. Okay. And uh, near Venice. All right, all right. Um, so it's, uh, you watch uh, Italian football as well? You have a, you have a team you support? Uh, no, not at the moment, but uh, I, I always uh, watch... Uh, uh, watch it online on uh, my computer on uh, some websites and which offer uh, the, the matches and um, well I don't uh, watch that much Italian football I'm if I if I were to watch some football I'd watch some Premier League football when Saints are not playing okay all right um and and so I the, the question is going to come up and, and we talked about it a little bit beforehand but how do you living in Italy wind up supporting Southampton. What's what's your connection to the to the, to the city? Uh, well, um, Bassano has not got a very important team. It's not one of the top teams here in Italy. So um, my dad was born in Southampton. So I decided to support Southampton even even because uh, when I started watching football, Southampton matches were the first thing uh, I've ever watched, and uh, I got passionate about the club. Okay. All right, and so your dad, your dad then moved to to Italy at some point, and and now you guys live. Uh, I've just googled the uh, you know the the city. Uh, it looks really nice, uh, on the on Google Maps at least. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like on the kind of near the Alps, near Venice. I, I mean, not not a bad not a bad situation. But your dad, so your dad got you into it. Your dad got you into the stuff, and he still watch the matches now. You guys sit and watch them together. Yes, yes, absolutely. He, we watch uh, Southampton matches together. He, yeah, he watches it uh, with me, and uh, yeah, we always talk about the match at halftime. We share our thoughts, and yeah, we really both like the club. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and then, so, how did he feel? You know, the last couple of years when things weren't going so well, was he was he kind of upset, and or did it, you know because. I think sometimes living outside of Southampton, when things don't go well, it's easier probably just to ignore it and, and just check back in when things are better. But uh, was he was he complaining about the manager or the team or anything like that over the last couple of years? Well, um, yeah, he was, <laughs> but not that much. I was the um, I was unhappier, unhappier mm. because uh, yeah, um, like the EFL Cup final against Manchester United. Um, not that was not that uh, it was a Claude Wells fault, um, but uh, I thought his um, his style of play was not really the best. 
because we also had the Koeman's experience before that, and Koeman's style of play was like the best we've ever had. Yeah. I think Kuman and Pochettino and Kuman, that was what drew me part of what drew me to the team as well is just watching them. They were fun to watch. The team was exciting. And, um, yeah. you know, I think people who were coming to the Premier League slightly after that, uh, you know, especially from outside of Southampton, if you were if you were living elsewhere like you and I are, um, you know, watching Claude Puel and Pellegrino, you know, pass the ball around um, behind the, the back four or five. It doesn't really doesn't really draw you in, you know? And so uh, I, I miss that. And now I think we, we have that, that excitement back, which is, which is good. And I mean, now we've had a head football in however long, and now we have a, a win and, and a fairly emphatic victory actually to talk about. So I, that must've been uh, nice to welcome the team back and, and, and actually see a, a victory. But uh, did you guys get to sit down and watch the match live uh, in Italy that night? Yeah, yeah. We watched the match and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, let, we'll get to that in, in a second, but I want to ask you, you started the blog. What made you, what made you start the Saints FC blog? What, what kind of pushed you to, to try and, and write about it and, and do that? Well, uh, in the lockdown, uh, I found out I had some spare time so I, can, I could find a new hobby. So I decided to write about... Uh, the club uh, I'm passionate about and uh, I decided to uh, write my opinions and um, but not uh, what makes my blog different from the others is that um, I'm, I give uh, my my thoughts and my points of view from um, from a long distance from Italy mm-hmm. from where I see it yeah yeah uh, do you think that does it make it easier or more or 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 harder for you to write about, do you think, being so, you know, being removed from Southampton? Well, um, if I lived in Southampton, it, was, it would, it would obviously, obviously uh, be easier for me to write there uh, about Southampton. But uh, in Italy, yeah, it's uh, not that difficult, but uh, yeah, I can deal with it. Yeah. Well, I think being removed from the city sometimes gives you a, a different perspective just because you know, it's, it's easier to distance myself. If there's something happening, uh, around the club where everybody's getting really worked up, I can just shut Twitter off and not, and just, you know, kind of not ignore it, but, but not have to be involved in it. Whereas I think if you, because I know I don't walk down the street and people will ask me about Southampton all the time or want to talk about, uh, transfers or what's going on with Hoiberg's contract. Like if I don't want to talk about that, I don't have to, I have to go find somebody to talk about it with. Um, so I don't know if that, Sometimes I feel like that helps because I don't, I'm not consumed by it if I, if I need to concentrate on other things. But at the same time, it also makes it harder because I don't, I don't hear as many opinions on it unless I go and find them. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find the same thing or, or is your dad kind of constantly talking to you about it? <laughs> no, no. Um, I mean, um, I talk to him about it mostly. Um, yeah, I, I think I talk about it too much. And, uh, yeah, um, Southampton is a great club, and I don't find why uh, I can't uh, I can't live the dream and uh, support them and uh, be passionate about the club. Writing my blog, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you decided to start it. I'm glad you agreed to come on the show because it's been I mean it's nice to just be able to talk to you about it and hear about it and and read along with you as you as you go on writing. So thanks for thanks for doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask now, like coming into the restart, what were your like what were your kind of expectations for, for the club? I mean, we're sitting kind of mid table. We're not I mean, we weren't technically safe. 
guess we're still not technically safe. Um, but we're, we're close. Um, you know, what, what were, what were your thoughts coming into the, the restart? What, where do you think, uh, kind of saints were going to do over the nine games they had to play? Well, and I think all of the performance they're going to show is based on how they managed to cope during this difficult time, how they managed to train and how they managed to keep fit. So it's, it's all based on how the, all of the Premier League clubs have trained during this period and how they managed to keep up uh, with their fitness. So I, I think uh, Southampton, as they shown in the Norwich match, they might be ready to take on Arsenal, Man United, Everton, and uh, all of the matches we still have to play. Yeah, definitely some tough matches coming, right? Like, uh, I think they, they went ahead and put uh, our match against City, I think, on, on the BBC, free to air in, in, the, in the UK, which means, um, you know, the entire country is going to tune in to, to that or, you know, they're, they're, I mean, last time we played on a Friday night uh, prior to, to Norwich, it wasn't great. Uh, so now, you know, people will probably be looking and, and seeing what that's going to look like. And we'll, we'll have a couple of questions on that. So we'll, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, I mean, I think fitness is going to be a huge issue. And just with so many games to be played in such a short period of time and the effort that Hassenhudel's system kind of requires, uh, I, I was a little bit worried as to, to how that was going to happen. But um, I mean, Saints looked really good on Friday. I can't I can't complain about that, about that at all. Um, all right, well, let's, let's jump into the match then and we'll talk, uh, start with the team sheet. Um, it was McCarthy, Valerie, Stevens, Bedrack, and Bertrand and goal. And then across the defense, uh, Ward Prowse and Hoiberg in the middle of midfield, Armstrong, Redman, and then Ings and Obafemi because Long was out injured. I mean, anybody in there, a, a surprise or were you upset that anybody was, was in position the way they were? Or did you kind of expect that team to be the team that was chosen? Well, um, I thought that was going to be the team. Um, I I also thought that uh, Valerie was going to be more reliable than, than Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, so I thought Ralph would play Kyle Walker-Peters in this match and then play Valerie in the Arsenal match to give to give them a, a turn. But uh, then, um, given his performance in the match, it wasn't too bad, but wasn't uh, too great. To see him play. Talking, um, we're talking about Valerie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I also expected that Hoiberger was uh, not captain of the match, and uh, yeah, yeah, because he did renew his contract, and Ralph already uh, sent uh, sent him a message, as I saw in the news. Yeah, when I saw that, I mean, were you surprised by by the move to include Hoiberg? I saw some people kind of thinking that maybe he wouldn't even get in the team based on that, but I I didn't get that impression. I thought that you know the captaincy's been removed from him because of of the contract negotiations and how they he's kind of made his his intentions clear. He would like to go elsewhere. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. but were you surprised to have him in the team actually? Well, um. At, um, at first, uh, I was a little surprised because I thought he would play like Romeo and uh, put uh, Hoiberg on the bench. But then uh, uh, I thought so. that was not the most important part. The most important part was that uh, we have one of the most important players playing for the team in that lineup. Yeah, yeah. That's For me, I want the best players in the team in their position, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I think that's most important, especially. 
I mean, unless Hoiberg would have shown that he's not committed. And I don't think anything in his, I don't think anything in his actions during the match or even, even offline, even saying that he wants to go, I still kind of had the feeling that he would be committed to playing for Saints right now. Like he, he's going to have to earn that move if he wants to go somewhere where he's going to have a chance to win trophies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so I think for me, that was the, the, those were the two kind of big shocks was it was, it was who was going to play for either Valerie or, or Kyle Walker Peters. And I think I predicted Kyle Walker Peters to play. Um, but Valerie, Valerie was in and, and we'll talk about his performance as we go on. And then uh, Hoiberg, I, I thought would, would be there. Uh, and I guess maybe it was either going to be Obafemi or Adams. But I think if you look back at the friendly um, that was played, Obafemi played, I think, started along Ings and that. And so I think that just showed kind of where that is. And, and I thought Obafemi had a, had a decent enough game uh, just trying to support Ings in attack. And, uh, you know, had yeah. a nice, I think he had played a part in the first goal where uh, it kind of, I think he shielded somebody from the ball and then, um, you know, Armstrong took it, passed it to Ings, and and the first goal was created from that. So um, overall, I can't really can't really complain about about the formation or anything else because I think we all knew it was going to be four two two two. There's no reason to change that uh, for Ralph at this point. Yeah, no, no reasons at all. Ralph did sign the new contract over the over the the break, and I guess we can uh, kind of talk about that just a little bit. Like, what was your reaction to that when you found out that Ralph signed the new the new four year agreement? Well, uh, I was obviously caught by surprise because I did not think Ralph um, Ralph's contract lasted uh, so little time, uh, and um, yeah, uh, I, I was surprised but also excited. Uh, he's a great manager. He's um, he saved us uh, last year from relegation, and I don't see why not have him uh, as next manager for the next four years or more. Did you did you think that he would do that, or do you think that it's you know because I kind of feel like we we are getting the best from him right now, you know, in, in terms of we're making out better on this deal than than he is, where I think he could have potentially gone somewhere else. Um, but I'm I'm quite happy that he's decided to stay, and I think that um, I don't know I, I'm I'm really happy with it, and I hope that that uh, this means he's committed to to sticking around and and you know, making something at Southampton rather than just passing through like I think we've seen other people do in the past. No, he he has a very important relationship with the players and the staff. So, yes, great to have him as a manager for the next four years, unless he doesn't leave for a new club. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that, you know, just because he has a four-year contract doesn't mean he's going to stay the whole time, but, um, you know, we'll we'll see how he kind of, uh, how he does, but I, I think it's an encouraging sign for him, and I think that gives some stability to the team because I think for so long we've we've not been sure of who was going to be the manager and how things were going to go, and and that means that players find it difficult to to kind of settle in, and so now hopefully this means you know more consistency with in the style of play and and with the the players and everything else, and that will kind of calm some of the players down, and maybe doesn't mean that Hoiberg is going to stay. But maybe it means that that we'll have a better chance of attracting some players to to come play in this system, uh, and, and kind of make their mark. So uh, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite happy with with that whole thing. Yeah. Um, jumping into the match, I mean, the first 20 minutes, I, I was nervous before the match just because I hadn't seen Saints play in so long. I think this is probably the longest we've gone between matches for Saints in, in a long time. 
Um, you know, I'm not doing the exact math, but I feel like it might even be longer than some of the summer breaks, uh, or, or at least close. And to sitting down and, and looking at where Norwich are on the table, you realize they needed a win, right? They, they, a draw doesn't really do them any good. They have to come out if they have any, want any chance of, of staying up. Um, and then the game starts and it doesn't start well. Like I thought, I felt like the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, we were really kind of, of pinned in and there were, there were some chances for Norwich. Uh, but, but what was your initial thought once the game started? How did you feel about, about what Saints were doing on the pitch? Well, uh, I thought Southampton, uh, at the start of the game, the first few minutes, they were playing a little bit uh, rusty, I have to say. Uh, as soon as they got a touch of the ball, they, they straight away, they, they lost possession, and it went on for like five, ten minutes. And Norwich kept uh, having the ball, uh, turn, passing it around our box, and uh, having so many chances. But uh, then we managed to to keep the ball and uh, yeah create chances with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like once once we survived that initial kind of flurry from the home team who and they did start well. Um, once we kind of I think got our bearings and things like that, we we looked we looked fine and we looked you know. Um, I guess I would say that after the water break, we looked a lot better. We settled down. Uh, we took control yeah, yeah. of the game. We, we kind of, um, you know, and because they didn't get anything from that initial flurry that they had, I think that that meant uh, with no crowd there to back them up and nobody to push them on, I think the quality of, of Saints just kind of shone through. And then even their, their better players, um, you know, the players that people would know, like Pookie and, and Cantwell and some of these other guys, they, 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 didn't, they didn't get as much into the game as, as you would have hoped. Um, I think Pookie had a couple of chances, but was uh, kind of denied by Bednarak and things like that. So, um, you know, pr- pretty good from Saints, I, I guess. I guess from there, um, I don't know. I, you can see if you if you looked at the, the the notes, the first the first fifteen minutes, I was kind of I was pretty down about things. Um, I thought that that Armstrong could have been booked. I think inside the first inside the first minute or two um, for that tackle. Um, I think it was on Pookie, but. Um, were you surprised that, that we didn't have uh, a, a booking early on from Armstrong and, and Bertrand? Yeah. Or, or were you kind of not surprised that the, the referee kind of let it go? Yeah, I was surprised because uh, Valerie obviously mis- misjudged the pass and uh, he passed it straight to Pookie and um, Armstrong obviously tried to stop him. But uh, I have to say, um, I was not expecting Kevin Friend would uh, take that decision. Yeah, I, I kind of expected the yellow card to come out immediately, and just kind of went like, "Oh no, this isn't this isn't great." And I think at some point it kind of it cut to Ralph, and he's just not happy. And it's like, well, of course he's not happy. This was a, it's been a complete disaster so far. Yeah. Um, I guess for you, what was the what was the what was the turning point in the game for you? Was it around the the nutrition break that you found things started started to get better? And and I guess what part of the team, if there was anybody that kind of stood out. To you, what 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 part of the team really kind of, I guess, uh, started to play better that brought it all together, or was it just a whole kind of collective thing that the whole team just kind of, you know, uh, maybe got a pep talk from Ralph and then started to 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 put it all together? I guess. Uh, I thought uh, they started all playing well together after the sports break, and uh, yeah, they started playing uh, real football uh, with. Um, maintaining possession without losing the ball and um, 
yeah, without stupid mistakes. And uh, yeah, it was uh, all of the team who played well. Yeah. Um. So let's let's move on because I mean the first half kind of you know Norwich have it in, in early on I guess from the nutrition or not nutrition break but water break on. Um. I think we looked a lot better. No no goals to come from it. Um. I guess a couple of, of defensive uh, performances to talk about. I think you had Ings working really hard a couple of times to, you know, when they had corners and things like that to make sure that nobody got shots away. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I guess basically we get into halftime and then after halftime, I, I, I don't think there was even a really a, a contest between the two teams. I thought it was mostly, mostly Saints after that. Yeah, absolutely. We had a lot of chances from target. Um, I think that the break at halftime really helped uh, bring uh, back confidence in all of the players. And uh, yeah, I I personally thought that uh, the second half would have been goalless like the first half. I was okay. not expecting uh, a goal between uh, for either side. Okay. Um, and I thought the match would have finished uh, nil-nil. Uh, okay. They weren't playing, uh, they were like, Playing well, but uh, not too well to score a goal. I think the you know we were outshot in the first half six to four. It was kind of a, a boring. I don't want to say boring, but it wasn't. It wasn't very clinical. You know, if you if you kind of look at who had the shots for us, Ings hit the bar. Um, he had another shot. Armstrong had that nice uh, chance from the, the the corner that was well you know well worked, just not quite enough on the sh- on the shot. Uh, and then Ward Prowse had one. I, was, I think it was from a free kick. If I'm, I was right at the keeper, I think. Um, but then the second half, it, everything completely changes. Saints went from having four shots in the first half to 18 in the second half, and I mean yeah. it's just an absolutely um, remarkable number. You know, like we, it was just a completely different different game. It, it seemed like from the first. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, Southampton. Changed their style of play. I think Ralph spoke to them in the dressing room, and uh, he changed things around. Uh, but uh, a lot we we didn't we never saw something like that in the first part of the season. Right, right, right. It it was encouraging, I think, to see the team come out and have I, I think the fitness to to press on and play that way um, in the in the second half, and and just really not back off like once we scored we just kind of you know armstrong scored shortly after and and they never really seemed to just let let off the gas which i thought was was fantastic because so often we've seen if we do score and go ahead we allow the other team to come back and and kind of get back in the game and um I, honestly i'm not probably comfortable until it's three nothing and then i'm okay you know even at two nothing it's like well if they score here this could be really dangerous for us but they just kept they kept going and it was, uh, it was it was fantastic. Once we were up three nothing, it was like all right, I would just see this game out. We'll be fine, and uh, you know, bring on Arsenal on Thursday. Yeah, it was great. Uh, a great way to return back to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's go through the goals. I guess um, forty nine minutes in, I have to give my my brother just walked in my house, but um he he had texted me before like you know ings was going to score i think he said in the 53rd minute was when ings was going to open the scoring um and he texted me after the game he's like i only missed it by like five minutes and i was like yeah you're right um but um i I mean that 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 goal kind of comes almost out of nothing and i I still have no idea i've watched the replay i have no idea how how 
how Ings finds himself in that much space and how nobody is even near him for that. It seemed uh, like not great defending from Norwich, but also a really good finish from Ings. Yeah, um, just from a throw-in, I think. And uh, yeah. Obafemi managed to set him up with a clever through ball and uh, poor defending from Norwich. And uh, Danny Ings manages to curl the ball. Uh, I'm surprised he had that much perfection after all this time. Um, and uh, he managed to find uh, the top corner, mm-hmm. top right corner. Yeah, I thought I thought the ball that he he managed to to put in was it was a, it was a great shot because it you have a couple of options he could, he could drag try to drag it across goal, um, but I think to to curl it around the keeper like that and I don't know I, I it's not unsavable but it's 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 darn close and so I'll, I'll I was really happy with that. Um, and then almost kind of before I could even, you know, finish typing an absurd, uh, profanity-laden tweet, um, Armstrong doubled the lead, and um, it was also a really good, really good move from him. I think the it, you, you switch back and forth. I think the first goal, the official assist came from from Armstrong, two Ings with the goal, and then and then the other way around for for Armstrong's goal. Um, I actually kind of thought he, I thought he was going to shoot earlier, and then he chose just to hold on to the ball and. I think his shot goes through the defender's legs and kind of blinds the goalkeeper a little bit and uh, not hit overly hard, but hit the place just right down low into the corner and, and we're up 2 nothing. Yeah, it was a great goal. We, we saw three goals by him this season, I think, against Crystal Palace, uh, which I think was a similar goal when um, he dribbles past the players and uh, then he decides to shoot out of nowhere. Um, and surprise the defenders and uh, yeah I'm really happy to see him score because uh, uh, there was a, even a rumor that Celtic wanted to buy him but uh, I, I think uh, he is a good lad and he will stay and score a lot of these goals yeah I was I was super um, I was really really pleased with how that all kind of worked out for him uh, there um, would you say that, I mean, were you, were you surprised to see him in the starting lineup, I guess, with Armstrong? And, and I think, has he justified a starting place going forward? Even, I mean, obviously, Janepo is suspended. Um, but do you think if he continues to play this way, that that starting front four will, will basically stay Redmond, Armstrong, Ings, and then Long or Obafemi? Yeah, I think so. It's a very solid lineup that turned out to be in the second half. I think Armstrong is a very good player and uh, I wasn't surprised to see him starting in the lineup. He always deserves that spot. Uh, he plays really well uh, and uh, he's earned that spot even by playing well in the Bristol game when he scored two goals for Saints. Yeah, I think that he brings a little bit more, I want to say consistency to the team. He's not, if you think about Buffal and Gineppo, they are you know really exciting but also kind of inconsistent at times and they have the ability to 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 go I don't want to say go missing but they they I don't associate them with the necessarily just doing the 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 hard work and the in the running and the things like that and when I look at Armstrong like you know he's this pasty white dude from from Scotland where you don't really think that he's going to be you know uh you know he doesn't necessarily maybe excite you all the time but he does everything you would want and he's consistent and he, you know, if you kind of watch him in the first half, he was going and running and even attempting to, to, to win the ball back and press and things like that, that I just really appreciate. 
And I think I think he's probably has to stay in the lineup at this point. Um, and I I think the team will be better off for it because I also think it, it frees up guys like uh, like Redmond to be a little bit more free um, and Ings to do kind of what he was doing. So I, I think I think that front four really worked well together, um, especially in the second half, obviously with uh, with all the goals. Yeah, absolutely. He, Armstrong is a crucial player to our team, and uh, it will it would be very difficult without him. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's. Uh, I mean, just after that, um, kind of the game opened up. It went just from you know you know only a couple of shots in the first half to just being wildly opened. Um, Bednarak gave the ball away and then had to quickly recover to try to block um, Pookie's shot. Um, and then Norwich did actually get the ball in the net, but there was an offside, so it was no 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 goal there. And it was I don't even think it was close. It was, it was fairly obvious offside there, but. Uh, a little bit nervy there because, like I said before, um, at two nothing, even if they get a goal back, you know we have this kind of uh, the the old anxieties came back for me of, of of just worrying about are we going to to concede and and kind of get ourselves in trouble, but it didn't happen. Um, we got to the water break and it was all us. We we were we were the 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 people um, you know we were the team that was in charge of the game. So to that point in the half and. Um, you know, I, I thought Redmond kind of looked really, really good after, especially in the second half. I thought I was really impressed with him, um, and then I was really glad to see him get his goal as well. Yeah, um, we. I'm surprised he decided to take the shot. That he it was not the perfect uh, place to shoot, but uh, he took the shot perfectly, and uh, yeah, he helped Saints win against his former team with that uh, beautiful. Um, before that, um, Redmond had done some good work to get free and then kind of laid it off to Bertrand. And I made the joke via text to some people that uh, Bertrand put that shot where uh, Norwich will be playing uh, next year in, in, the, in the second tier, um, which I thought was probably poor uh, from me, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, you talk about Redmond's goal. Uh, once again, not not the best defending in, in Norwich. We should say we're we're missing several defenders. They they have people out um, injured. They've been ravaged. The the break hasn't helped them get uh, fit enough again. And I just thought like, you know, Redmond didn't have to do much to create that space, uh, and it was a little shoulder drop and then wide open and and a good finish. But. Um, I just didn't think that Norwich really defended that very well. And I don't want to take anything away from him because I thought his goal was, was fine. Like I want him to get on the score sheet and play with confidence. Cause I think watching Nathan Redmond with confidence um, is, is one of the things that I, I, I enjoy the most when he's running at people and not afraid to, you know, make mistakes and do those things. And uh, just for him to, to get that goal, I think hopefully that sets him on the right path now for the, the next few, the next few matches. Yeah. It was great to see him back in form because he was injured in the last month or two, and uh, yeah, it uh, it was great. Um, so I was surprised to see him in the starting lineup. I thought uh, Hassan Hutel said he wasn't going to risk him, but then uh, I also thought that Jennifer was not going to be in uh, the starting lineup or on the bench. Right. So, so yeah, I thought I thought he did well uh, in, in that. Um, let Let's. I mean, unless there's anything else in the actual game play itself, any players you think need to be highlighted, let's let's move on towards the the one of the things that I thought could have been um, 
maybe a little bit a little bit better for Saints and um that that's going to be the substitutions. You know, we we made a lot of substitutions because you have you have the extra two substitutions you can make as long as you only do it at at three instances during the game and, and not including halftime. Um I was surprised. I think I typed in the notes at some point like we're we're, we're up 3 nothing. This game is clearly ours. Why haven't we you know, got some of these guys out of the game and, and preserve them for next week. Um, granted, we do have six days between games, but still, um, the minutes are going to pile up. And, and but I don't know. I mean, were you were you disappointed in Ralph that he waited so long to make the substitutions? Well, um, for some substitutions, uh, like uh, Adams one, yes. But um, then I looked uh, at Dunning's substitution, and uh, I found it. Uh, normal for him to substitute him on the 88th minute uh, because uh, Ralph knows uh, the fitness of every player because he, he's been training them for, for all, all, all this time and uh, yeah uh, I think he knows uh, every, how much every player is fit and uh, he also wants to give Danny Ings a chance to be to score uh, goals, a lot of goals in the match so he was 3-0 up, uh, he thought that that match could be even 4-0 or 5-0 up and um, he thought that even that even Danny Ings could score one or uh, two or three or four goals to uh, earn the golden boot or at least come second or third where yeah and um, he also had in program in program Nathan Teller's substitution so he thought um, Nathan Teller could even come, uh, could even I could even substitute him later on, and I uh, can give Danny Ings a chance, a uh, better chance to score one a late goal. So he has uh, one goal more, and he he's second in the league. Yeah, I I was was quite impressed with uh, you know there were a lot of people that. Um... Like as I guess if you think about it, Ings he he's been consistent all year. Um, there were stats flying around about him being one of the first players to score. And like, I think it's every month. And then there's this huge gap until June um, because he was, he just, he scored all year long for us. Um, and, and as you said, you know, 16 goals, it's tied third in the league, um, four goals. And I think uh, it moves up a little bit. If you take out uh, penalties, take out, uh, it's cause he, has, he doesn't take penalties for us. So um, really, really impressed with him. I know a lot of people have, had dropped him in their fantasy league. I don't know if you have him uh, in your fantasy team or not. Yeah, uh, I do have a fantasy team, and I obviously kept him in. It was great to see him score, and uh, that he earned so many points in the fantasy team. And uh, yeah, because uh, as you as you can see in the last matches, in the first part of the season, in the last matches before the coronavirus break, he did not manage to score right. that many goals in the last three matches and it's great to see him back scoring. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I think it'll do well for us and maybe the break, maybe the break helped him out a little bit. Um, I think coronavirus may have damaged his chances to get to the euros a little bit, but uh, if he keeps it up, maybe it's just more time to prove himself to, to Gareth Southgate and, and, and everybody else that, that he is the man that can come in and do the job. Um, even if, if guys like Kane and everybody are fit. So uh, hopefully he, he'll be able to work himself into that. Uh, I think it would be obviously it's probably a goal of his to to do that um, because you know a lot of people want to play for for their country and represent their country and 
you know, hopefully he can continue the guy. I, I just really hope he stays fit uh, for throughout this. But um, if we, we run through the substitutions real quick, um, Obafemi comes off for Adams in the 82nd. Uh, Smallbone comes on for Armstrong at the same time. Um, and then Ings comes out for Tella in the 88th. And I think people were a little bit upset about that because people waited so long. Um, Buffal got a run out for Redmond. Kyle Walker-Peters comes on for Valerie. And, and I don't know, I think, I think that will be something that we'll have to watch in terms of fitness and things like that. And as you said, um, you know, Ralph definitely understands the fitness of the players, obviously better than we do. Um, but I, I think there, if there is a, a, a spot that Ralph has opened himself up for criticism, um, over, uh, the season, uh, it's been his, his, his use of substitutions. And I think we've had that complaint about other people, uh, other managers as well, when they're, when they're bringing people on and, and what those what what those players that are coming on are able to do uh, once they're on the pitch, but you know overall I, I don't think really a lot to complain about. Um, you know Norwich outpossessed us, but we play better like that, and I think Norwich is probably the team a uh, team like we're gonna we're gonna play best against. They like to attack, they like to be open, they like to have the ball, and that allows us to press and counter. And I think it all kind of worked in our favor because they're just they're, quite honestly they just weren't that good. Uh, we were a lot better. And, you know, 22 shots to nine, nine shots on target to one. Um, overall, I just don't think we can, we can really uh, complain about the game too much. No, we can't. It was a great game. Very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have some listener questions here. Uh, we have quite a few. We don't necessarily have to get through all of them because uh, I have a couple more things I want to ask you too. Um, but, but Kevin McGee is one of the patrons of the show and he asks this. Uh, one of the things that the patrons get is they get priority for having their questions answered on the show each and every week. Uh, in addition to, uh, you know, having a, a group chat that we have and, uh, you know, getting extra podcast episodes and things like that. Um, but that Kevin says, he's like, I want to comment on Pamiril Emil Hoiberg he says, give him praise for continuing to play well, despite what's going on with him, uh, with the stability and the clear quality of Ralph at the club, should he stay? So I guess, do you, even though Hoiberg has said, what he said, he played he was solid uh, during the game. He didn't, I think he just does what Pamir Emil Hoiberg does. Um, and I'm fine with him not shooting because he's not that good at that, but, but winning the ball back, making the short pass, calming the team down. Um, do you think that even though he's mentioned that he wants to go, that there's still a chance he could stay or do you think he's gone? I think uh, Pierre is a cool player to our team and uh, he definitely uh, I definitely like him to stay, but uh, uh, as he said before, he also he would like to. He has a very strong relationship with the club, but he also wants to go and play for some top teams and uh, win the Champions League. Um, so that depends. That depends on him. Is uh, is he have to st- to stay for another season? Which I think that would be great because uh, he could help us at least uh, uh, maybe even reach the Europa League stage because I, I would find him I would find it very difficult without him and uh, yeah I think I think that okay all right um, yeah I, I, he he is kind of I, I, we talked about it earlier but I, I think you know he is I'm okay if he goes I'm okay if he stays. I'm more or less just looking at him to, to be committed to the team while he's here. And I think he will be. And as long as he does that, you know, he can, he can, he can, he can go off. He's allowed to, to want 
um, I don't want to say better things, but he's allowed to, to want to play elsewhere and, and have a chance to play in Europe. And um, I, I think what I wrote in the newsletter earlier uh, last or on Friday was, you know, he's mentioned in the past that he was a little bit um, immature and wanted things too quickly. And I just wonder, he's still at the age where he, his big contract is not going to be this one, but the one after. And so can he still improve himself here at Southampton to get to kind of maximize where he gets to go next time? Um, and I wonder if he's just being a little bit short-sighted and wanting to move now, but we'll see, you know, as long, like I said, as long as he's committed to the team right now, as long as he plays hard, um, I, I will be fine with it and that'll be all right. Uh, we have a couple of other questions here. Uh, Southampton News Now, who um, people is doing great things on, on Instagram, and he also writes for the newsletter at, at times. Um, he has to, he asked a question about about the substitutions, which we kind of covered al- already. Um, so thank you for that. Hopefully, we 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 answered your question there. Um, his his idea on it is that he Ralph needs to be a little more clever with uh, the substitution. I think he says a lot more clever uh, with substitutions, but uh, we kind of gave our thoughts on that. Um, and, and Robbie, uh, Saint, uh, who runs Saints World and who I think, uh, you are associated with in some way, uh, says, what are your aims for the Saints World Twitter account for next season? So I uh, want you explain to us what's happening there and, and tell us what your plans are. So, uh, Rob saw my latest post on the Saints FC blog and uh, I think he liked it because, uh, uh, he called me up, he called me up, he sent me a DM on Twitter saying, would you like to come, would you like to write articles on the Saints World uh, website? And uh, I was really surprised, and I said yes. And he also came up with the idea that uh, I could uh, run the Twitter account. And uh, yeah, I seem to really, I really liked that, um, that idea. So for the last couple of months, it's been two months or maybe one and a half, I've been running the Twitter account, and uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's a pleasure to to run it. Yeah. Well, Robbie is is one of the nicest people um, on Twitter, which isn't always a very nice place. There are a lot of nice Saints fans on there, but Robbie is one of those guys that has um, gone out of his way to be especially kind to me and, and I think so many others. Uh, and I yeah. think you're experiencing that as well. So that's, that's awesome. So, so thanks to him for that. Um, and so people, if they want to follow that, that account, that account is also linked in the show notes if people want to, give that a follow. I'm sure uh, most listeners already do if they're on Twitter. Um, so that'll be, that'll be there. Um, so a couple of other ones here. Um, where will they finish? So we talked about fitness a little bit. Um, Al Capone one five six says, will will pundits ever stop mentioning that Leicester city game? Um, I feel like I talk about it all the time too. Uh, just cause I feel like, um, you know, if I, if there's ever a really, like I've made a big mistake, I'll just keep saying it. So that way nobody else can make fun of me for it. But do you think they'll, they'll ever stop bringing that up? Or do you think that'll eventually go away? Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I really hope that, that the Leicester game will be forgotten forever because, uh, Saints happened to play that game on my birthday. Oh no. And, uh, yeah. Well, very unhappy birthday to you. Um, I'm I'm so sorry (laughs) and uh, yeah I really hope um, people forget about it and uh, stop talking about it because it makes me it makes me feel very unhappy but uh, at the same time uh, if I think about it it's um, 
it's made the team improve a little bit and uh, realize the mistakes they've made and uh, and uh, yeah they got their confidence back obviously and uh, yeah yeah I, the team is much different than it was then you know same players but uh, a lot different performance uh, and mentality I think and it just took a little bit of time to get that all squared away and and now everybody I, I think we're, we're we're heading in the right direction um, on that note, Ollie underscore Dolan 95 says, where do you think saints will finish this season? So what's your prediction for where saints will wind up in the table? Well, uh, I'd like to see them finish in 10th uh, place at least. Uh, it's, uh, I think on Twitter, I also, I also saw some people posted that it's still possible for saints to finish in a European spot, but it's possible, but it's very, very difficult. And, yeah. uh, yeah. The chances are very, very low because that means Wolves uh, and uh, Man United and Sheffield, they all have to lose some matches, which is very unlikely for them to do so. And um, yeah, I'd really like them to finish in 10th place at least. It would be great and uh, it would show improvement um, uh, compared to the other season, the yeah. previous season. Yeah. Well, my, my very best uh, friend is, is an Arsenal fan. And obviously this week's going to be a little tense because they're terrible and, and we, sh- we need to beat them. And I think that will, that will make me very happy. Um, I don't know how he's going to feel about it. Uh, he doesn't listen to this show, so that's fine. Um, so I can talk about him and he won't, he won't ever know. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, that chance, I mean, I, I, I'll take 12th. I'll just take 12th and, and move up and move on with my life. But Every place of and above that, obviously, more more money in terms of finishing uh, higher in the league, uh, and and all of that means means potentially more money to invest in players, which we're, we're obviously going to need um, if we're we're going to continue to move forward. So uh, I'll take tenth place. I'll take twelfth place. I just don't want to be anywhere near a relegation scrap. I would like to be able to to watch some of the younger players come into the team and and have a chance to to thrive and and play and. That's what I want to see over over the last nine games. I guess is is our players expressing themselves and 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 kind of us controlling games like we did in the second half, and then having a chance for some of the younger guys to come in and play with some confidence. Not in a team that's you know feeling down and and and, and beat down, but um, a team that is is happy and and attacking. And I think that will make the players um, just just it takes the pressure off them. I think as they come in and make their debuts. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. I have uh, there, there's one more question here that I want to talk about, uh, and then I have and then I have one more for you, and then then we'll we'll let you go because I've kept you for for too long because of the computer restart that took and like it took almost an hour for that thing to happen, which really annoys me. Um, as a former tech person, I should know better. Um, but Ben H, who is at Ben H nine nine five, says he his question is what's the best eleven since we've been back in the Premier League? But I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly alter that a little bit and say. Can you give me your favorite 11 since you've been watching the team? Whether it's, uh, you, you know, you start whatever you want. Tell me, tell me your 11 that you would pick if you could go back from the, um, from the time that you've been watching the team uh, along with your dad. Okay. So uh, I'd uh, choose Forster in goal. Fraser Forster. Uh, he, he's, great play- he's a great player. And, uh, yeah, I think it's time for him to move on now. Uh, he stayed at the club for uh, five or six seasons, I think. And, uh, yeah, he played very well. And, uh, yeah, he's a very good keeper. Then, moving on to the defense, I choose I would choose uh, Bertrand. 
He's a really great defender and uh, excellent crossing, great touch of the ball. And uh, yeah, great to see him play. Then uh, as two centre-backs, I chose Ponte and uh, Van Dijk. Ponte, um, yeah, he was a really good player, very solid centre-back. Uh, well, Van Dijk, he, he's, now one of, he's now the best centre-back in the world, I think. He, he is uh, nominated for Team of the Year every year. And uh, yeah, it's great to see him, see him play for, for Liverpool now. And uh, yeah, it was very unhappy to see him leave, but uh, yeah, he might not be one of the the most loved ones, but uh, he's one of the greatest players he ever has was ever played for Southampton. Yeah. Then uh, as a right back, I chose Nathaniel Klein, who now plays for Liverpool, and his contract uh, will run out in two days, which uh, uh, I'm. I'm unhappy to see that because I thought he would get his chance with a big club, mm-hmm. but uh, with his uh, with his injury, um, I don't think that uh, helped him in any way. Right. Uh, and uh, my formation is a four-one-three-two, and uh, moving on, I chose a, a central defense midfielder, and I chose uh, Morgan Schneiderlin. He's a really great player, and um, even him is is very uh, it's very sad to see him see him leave Everton because uh, Ancelotti said that uh, he wants to get him rid uh, he wants to get him out of his team, but uh, he played very well for Southampton. He he helped uh, Southampton achieve promotion, and uh, yeah, very good player. Uh, moving on in the midfield, I I put uh, Mane, Tadic, and Ward Prowse. Uh, Mane, um, he is like Van Dijk. He played uh, for for a couple of seasons for Southampton, two or three seasons, seasons I think. And uh, yeah, he scored a lot of goals for Saints. He also managed to achieve the fastest hat trick in the Premier League, and it was great to see, to have him play for the club. And uh, yeah, he and Tadej and Pele and Van Dijk and uh, and others helped uh, Southampton achieve the Europa League spot, which I was very happy to see. And um, yeah, Tadej now plays for Ajax, and uh, yeah, he he was one of the greatest players for Southampton. Uh, Ward Prowse, one of the most loyal players Saints ever had, uh, because uh, he was. He was, he was born in Portsmouth, but uh, all of his life, I think, yeah, he always stayed at Southampton, and um, uh, he deserves the captain's armband, yeah. I, and uh, in attack, I put Pella and Lambert. Pella, um, the Italian striker, and um, I, rem- I particularly remember the day when... Um, when he went to see my first match for Southampton live, which was Southampton 8-0 against Sunderland. And uh, it was great to see him play, and I managed to take a photo with him. And, uh, yeah, it was great to have part of the team. And then uh, uh, Ricky Lambert, he is one of the greatest players of Southampton, I think. 
he helped Southampton achieve promotion back to the Premier League, and uh, he was really great to really great to see. He was the first player I've had on the back of my sh- on on the back of a Saints shirt, and yeah, great to see him play. All right. Um, so you saw the 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 Sunderland eight 0 Yeah, first match ever. Uh, first match ever they ever saw football. Well, why don't you go to more? Because when I went, it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> I think it was, I was talking to a couple of people um, that said, you know, their their first match was a three nil defeat, and that was mine too. So you should you should go more often. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, if Saints get into the Europa League or something like that at some point, you go you're able to go to all of the European games because we could use your help. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Italian players that have that have come through and played for Southampton, I, I absolutely love Graziano Pella. Um, I just think he's a he's a beautiful human being and a beautiful footballer. Um, but uh, you know, Gabbiadini also came, didn't quite have the same success. I would say that Pella did uh, not maybe remembered as fondly, but did have that that big goal for uh, against Swansea that we obviously kept us in the Premier League that season, or or at least helped um, as Swansea kind of relegated themselves. Um, and now Yoshida's over there in 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 the playing in, in Syria. But do do you do you pay attention to the to to them that they're over there? And and Pella's obviously in China. But do you do you watch them or, or keep in touch with with how they're doing? Or do you kind of just just focus on the Saints that are the Saints now and and that's it? Uh, well, um, I obviously yeah, I'm I obviously follow more Saints at the moment. Yeah, um, but I always uh, view their profile on Twitter. He was new with them and everything uh, because uh, it's always great to see players, uh, what they're doing now. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, Bennett, I mean, do you have, you have anything else you want to, you want to cover before we kind of wrap this up? I've kept you for entirely too long on, on father's day. So I'm tell your dad, I'm sorry. No, no problem. All right. Um, I'd like to say that uh, anyone who didn't realize it on my blog, uh, I I published a week ago um, a lot of polls and uh, I managed to thanks to everyone's help, especially Rob's and uh, my dad's help, we managed to complete Saints' greatest lineup of all time. And uh, yeah, it was great to see. Okay, I will um, I will link to that in the show notes if people want to make it a little easier to check out. Um, and and yeah, people can find it. Uh, it's the saintsfcblog.wixsite.com, um, but the the link is down there. Um, you have the Twitter account that is the Saints FC blog. You have your Twitter account, which is Italian Saint. Like the fact that you got that Twitter account, um, congratulations! Because I, you know, the, the those things don't exist. I mean, it's just straight Italian Saint. There's no weird, uh, you know, X's or anything else. You just you just got it. So congratulations to you for for that. Don't ever let it go, um, because you'll never get it back. Um, but uh, Ben, I just want to say thanks uh, so much for, for coming on the show. I, I enjoyed talking to you. Um, I'm excited for the blog. I'm excited for the rest of the season, obviously. And I look forward to hopefully doing this again, um, in the future. Great. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, we will talk to you soon and, uh, you know, Arsenal on Thursday, obviously, I guess last thing before you go, uh, what's your prediction for, for that one? Um, I predicted, uh, two, one victory for Southampton. All right. I'm 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 with that. Uh, my friend, my my friend Josh will not be happy, but um, he's an Arsenal fan, so it doesn't matter. He's used to being disappointed. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon, and uh, thank you so much. Saints, oh, 
that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Bene Holly, who is on Twitter at Italian Saint and at the Saints FC blog. He's also running the Twitter account for Saints FC World. So uh, you can get links to all of those things in the show notes. Be sure to check out his blog um, and uh, enjoy it. While you're following him on social media, if you'd like to give this show a follow, you can do that. We are at SFCDELL underscore IBERY on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. Easiest way to do that and sign up for the newsletter and get links to the show uh, wherever you listen is to go to the show website, southamptondelivery.com. Once again, links to that in the show notes. Make everything nice and easy. The partners of the show are back on Instagram at Southampton page one. Be sure to stay up to date with everything going on around the club at Southampton page one. They will keep you informed. Uh, They're also on Twitter at Southampton page. So give them a follow and you will be kept up to date with everything going on at Southampton. The look over the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now. Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Saints are back in action on Thursday night against Arsenal, so we can only hope that things continue both for us and them as they are currently going. And uh, we'll wrap all that up in the newsletter. We'll talk a little bit about it on the next episode, and patrons of the show should expect something uh, on the Arsenal match uh, after the final whistle. So uh, I look forward to doing all that. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening. And, um, you know, just like everything else, hopefully we knock the cobwebs off and we'll get into some free-flowing uh, conversation uh, on the next episode. Special thanks again to Benny. Uh, if you want to follow him, once again, Italian Saint and at Saints FC blog. That's it for now. Talk to you next time. And until then, remember that together, we march on. He's also the author of the Saints FC blog, and we talk about that. That's what? What are you doing? I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Okay.